Good morning, Auburn, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside my color man, Davis Carroll, and the incomparable Alex Houston, co-sports director here at WEGL. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be joining us today, whether that be on your terrestrial radio antenna, the information superhighway at WEGLFM.com or tuning in after the fact on Transistor.FM, watching us on Eagle Eye TV, or listening to our podcasts. We are happy to have you here in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, of course, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios in the bowels of the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it is a lovely 71 and overcast this fine Wednesday morning. We wish you a illustrious good morning as we get on with the show davis how are you doing today uh, a little tired got a test at 11 but i'm feeling good about it and then tomorrow's the start of fall break so it's gonna be a good one smart start of fall break indeed wishing you good luck on your uh espanol test and uh we'll throw it over to alex who is joining us on the show once again alex how are you feeling about things today I'm doing pretty good. I thought I was going to have two midterms yesterday and studied for one, and then my teacher didn't show up to my 6 p.m. class for our exam, and then sent us an email at 623 saying, by the way, I won't be in class today. So that was unfortunate, but also refreshing because I didn't have to take an exam, so now I'm doing pretty good. That is refresh- refreshing indeed is a good word for it. Okay, so we got to a lot on the show yesterday, so there is plenty to get to on the show today. I'm sure we will talk about the AL wildcard game that happened last night, um, as that was an exciting one with a lot of surprises. Um, but there's also even more to get to in the world of you know new sports happenings and all that. So um, we will get to all of that as well on the show today. I'd like to remind you that if at any point in the show you feel so inclined to ask us a question, suggest a topic, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event we get something wrong, if you want to correct us, you can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL. You can also send us a tweet at CDISCAU. That's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U. And we would love to get back to you about whatever inquiry you may have. Okay, so, Davis, the results are in on Fat Bear Week. I... I'm not confident in the results of the of the vote. Stop the count. Stop the count. We need a recount. Need an audit going. Need to see what happened to make sh- to make sure 151 wins because I know he won in my heart. That's right. So yes, if you were not privy to this this information yesterday on the show, we discussed due to the finale of Fat Bear Week, we discussed um, the concept of Fat Bear Week, which is a uh, what is that twenty twenty bear knockout elimination bracket um, to determine who is the fattest bear in the Katmai National Park up in Alaska. And yesterday at 8 p.m., the election was called. The people have spoken. The portly patriarch of Ponch preserved to pulverize the Baron of Bear Donkadonk in the final match of hashtag Fat Bear Week 2021. 480 Otis can now boast a bevy of best with this fourth first place finish as we celebrate like a true champ 480 is still chowing down so 480 os 
was deemed for the fourth time the fattest bear in the national park, and uh, it really puts the, puts the conversation to bed on who the fattest bear is. 480 Otis, kind of like the LeBron of fat bears. Mm. Got four championships, undisputed. I wonder who his teammates were during those championships. <laughs> All the fish he ate along the way. Mm, interesting. So tune in to yesterday's podcast if you would like the full scoop on Fat Bear Week, including Davis and Chris both making their cases for why their respective Fat Bear should have been victorious. But unfortunately for Davis, it seems that the people have spoken, and uh, his bear is not I think if more people not that voted had heard the show, they would have sided with me. I mean, I feel like I made some decent points. Fair personally. enough. All right, so we are going to get to your uh, campus news, including this weekend in athletics. There's plenty going on in athletics this weekend, including, of course, Auburn versus Georgia. That is the main event going on. 2.30 p.m. in Jordan-Hare Stadium versus the Georgia Bulldogs uh, visiting Jordan-Hare Stadium, number two in the country, to play the number 18 Auburn Tigers. But that is not the only thing going on this weekend. There is, of course, tip-off at Toomers presented by Yellowwood. That is um, Thursday, tomorrow, 10-7, from 4 to 9 p.m. Um, so men's and women's basketball preseason event. You can meet the teams. There are going to be skills contests, dunk contests. Uh, you're going to hear from Coach Pearl, Coach Harson, Coach Harris, everybody. Uh, admission is free. No tickets. First come, first serve to get the best seats. It's going to be standing room only, just up against the barricades. Um, first, I think, a couple thousand people there are going to get uh, free T-shirts and shakers. So get there as early as you feel like you need to to watch tip-off at Tumors tomorrow evening. You can also listen to yesterday's show where Jungle President Jacob Hillman gave you the inside scoop on everything you need to know, but there's the Cliff Notes version. Just, you know, come on out, support the men's and women's basketball team during this preseason event. There's going to be a dunk contest, which is always fun, probably some recruits in the house, as well as all of our favorite personalities from here on the Plains, Coach Pearl, Coach Harson. And, of course, Coach Harris from the women's team. Um, admission is, of course, free, and it is a standing room-only event, so don't worry about any tickets. All right, and then on Friday at 3 p.m., this is uh, Auburn's number one equestrian team. It's going to be taking on Georgia's number two equestrian team. There's going to be a T-shirt giveaway, and you are able to take the Tiger Transit, the Webster Road line, to the vet school, and it's right across the street from there, so... Um, that is 3 p.m. on Friday, 10-8. There's also going to be a statue unveiling on Friday of Jordan-Hare and Die, the three namesakes of Jordan-Hare Stadium and Pat Dye Field. It's going to be on the corner of uh, where Tiger Walk happens, there by the scholarship entrance. So check that out if you need something to do on Friday. Uh, plenty of events going on on game day as well. That is 10-9 Saturday. Uh, 10.30 in the morning, the Fan Fest and the Home Plate Tailgate opens, which is over by the baseball field. 12.30 p.m., the Tiger Walk, and the gates, w- the gates will open. At 2.10, the pregame festivities will begin. You know, your Eagle Flight, your marching band. And then at 2.30 p.m., your football versus Georgia will finally kick off. And then on Sunday, we have 2 p.m., number 22, Auburn University Women's Soccer taking on Louisiana State. It is the Mental Health Awareness Game. It is at the Auburn Soccer Complex, right across the street from the Athletics Complex. 
and it is free admission. So plenty four four long days of all things Auburn athletics kicking off tomorrow. So hopefully the weather holds up, it stays nice and dry and sunny for tip off at Tumors, Equestrian versus Georgia, Auburn versus Georgia in football, and then on Sunday, women's soccer versus LSU. So big weekend coming up. Also, uh, uh, reports say that up to 20 four- and five-star recruits have been invited and will be making the trip to Auburn this weekend to watch the Georgia game, assumingly in the recruit section of the stadium. So a very big game for the Brian Harson era as well. But that's, yeah, so that to it. You can also listen to the Auburn versus LSU soccer game right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. We are the exclusive home for Auburn University soccer. So if you're not able to attend, of course it is free admission, but if you're not able to make it out to the Auburn Soccer Complex, you are able to catch the action as our number 22 Auburn Tigers take on the LSU Tigers on Sunday. You can listen to that right here on WEGL 91.1. Auburn students have been challenged by Georgia in a Beat Week giving challenge. Any amount donated to Auburn college or school programs count, you can give at auversusuga.com. Um, so we have until midnight on October 9th to uh, beat Georgia in this giving campaign. So if you would like information on that, you can go to auburngiving.org slash beatuga. That's auburngiving.org slash beatuga. Um, I think that's going to do it for campus announcements. A uh, little bit of a look ahead Auburn Stages is going to continue beginning next week, and then Heyday next week is as well. Next Wednesday, October 13th, Auburn Tradition Heyday will be taking place on Wednesday, October 13th. Um, you can also order a t-shirt for that if you would like one, and you will be able to pick it up on Heyday. So if you need to know about that, you can just go to SGA or AUB.ie slash Heyday shirt and get your Heyday shirt today. So that's going to do it. For campus announcements, when we come back, we are going to be talking about that AL wildcard game and what it means for the playoff picture. Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking baseball on the other side of this break. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Alex Houston. We'll be back in about two minutes with the rest of the show. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Alex Houston. Let's jump right back into things here on Compact Discourse. We are, of course, going to be talking about, for just a little bit, the American League wildcard game that happened last night as it was the first postseason game of this 2021 season to not break the tie, but see who would get into the playoffs for the American League wild card as Tampa or as Boston and New York finished the season with identical records. They both made it to the postseason and had to play a one-game playoff to determine who has the right to travel down to Tampa Bay to take on the number one seeded Rays in the American League starting later on this week. All right, Boston Red Sox 
were, did prevail in this game last night. They defeated the New York Yankees 6-2 to by dint of absolutely shelling Garrett Cole to begin this game, scoring three runs in those first three innings. Garrett Cole finishes the night with two innings pitched, three earned runs, three strikeouts, and two walks. So not exactly what the Yankees were looking for when it comes to writing one of the biggest checks in baseball history for their playoff starter. Eovaldi for the Sox gets the win. Five and a, five and a third innings pitched, one earned run, and eight strikeouts, no walks. So pretty fantastic performance for Eovaldi. Yankees did not strike in this game until the sixth inning, and then a futile effort in the ninth makes it a 6-2 ball game for the Red Sox. They will be traveling to Tampa Bay later this week to take on the top-seeded Rays. Plenty of action in this one last night, including Xander Bogarts homering to center field uh, and and scoring Rafael Devers. That was a 427-foot home run that put Boston up 2-0. Schwarber then homered to right field in the third inning to make it 3-0. In the sixth inning, Rizzo for the New York Yankees hit his homer as well to make it a 1-3 game. So all the first four runs of the game coming off of home runs, as as is typically what happens in Fenway. Um, And then in the sixth inning, Verdugo doubles deep to right to score Bogarts to make it 4-1. And then in the seventh inning, Verdugo singles to center. Hernandez scored, Schwarber scored. Verdugo stretched out at second and sent Bogarts to third to make it 6-1. to one. And then a futile home run from Giancarlo Stanton in the top of the ninth makes this a 6-2 ball game, and that is where the score sat. Um, lots of storylines in this one, including the seven walks issued by the New York Yankees to Boston's zero. Um, New York had plenty of guys on base. They had 12 total bases to Boston's 15, but it was just the slow start that the Garrett Cole afforded the Yankees that led to such a unfortunate ending for the New York Yankees season. Um, you had Giancarlo Stanton go three for four with one run, one RBI. Um, he averaged, I mean, 750 in the game going three for four. So offense, not necessarily the problem for the Yanks, but just not able to plate any runs. And a big problem with that, I think, was the Green Monster, which uh, I think kept two home runs in the park, including one from Aaron Judge in the first inning. How do we feel about this playoff matchup so far, fellas? You know, I'll admit uh, I was wrong. Last Yesterday I said I was expecting the Yankees to win, and I'm happy they didn't win. I'm not a big Yankees fan. I would rather have the Red Sox win, but I just genuinely genuinely, genuinely thought that uh, the Yankees were going to get the win just based off their power and everything about them. But I wasn't planning on Garrett Cole playing like this. He only pitched two innings or something, right? That's like, correct. I uh, yeah, I wasn't got, planning on got yanked in the third. Yeah, I was not planning on him playing this bad. I'm sure if I he don't had think his, the Yankees were either. Well, yeah, obviously, but I'm sure if he had his spider tack, then it would have been a totally different game for him. But you know, uh, I yeah, I, I'm glad the Red Sox won. It's going to be a good series between them and the Rays. Correct. That's correct. Uh, that, when that's going to be starting? Next week or later this week? It starts on Thursday, I believe. Okay. I'll pull up our playoff schedule, and we can talk about the rest of the matchups. All right. Sounds cool. But, yeah, uh, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I got to see a little bit of it. I was studying for Spanish with a friend of the show, J.P. Williams. Got some good studying in here at Weagle. And then I was walking out and watched a little bit on the TV and saw some updates and highlights and stuff. Yeah. I hope to watch some more playoff games coming soon, though. 
it is a little unfortunate that this playoff rivalry was uh, limited to only one game because uh, ESPN was really milking the whole Yankees Red Sox yeah. thing throughout the broadcast because they knew they were only going to get <laughs> one game's worth of it. Okay, I'm gonna. Would you rather have seen a Yankees Yankees Red Sox game or let's say series or Mariners Blue Jays game? Hmm. I mean, like I would see rather, two teams that never get in versus this team you've seen play each other thousands. I would times. rather see Yankees or um, Blue Jays Mariners, but I, you know, nobody, nobody, we're not, we're nobody not Yankees in, or Red Sox fans. And here, yeah, so. we don't, we don't make money off of TV either. So. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm neither, I'm neither a Yankees or Red Sox fan, but I do love a good rivalry game. So. Those are always. Very I'm always for me. the. I'm always an underdog fan before rivalry fan for me. Mm. The opposite. Mariners and Blue Jays are both so, underdogs. Something we talked about when I was on um, on Monday because you mentioned how ESPN was and everybody else was hoping it'd be more of a series from these two teams. So, you'd mentioned the split up into four divisions being the solving factor for the MLB's wild card problem, and that problem being a hundred win team being in the wild card round, but. Wouldn't the more proper solution, I guess, be to go with the NBA format and just do the best eight teams are the best eight spots, mm-hmm. and that's that? Like, I know the baseball baseball teams are very much tied to the teams they play in their division, so therefore doing away with the significance of winning your division is risky, but I feel like they need to avoid the, this getting a 100-win team in for one game and, again, having the Red Sox and Yankees, two of the most storied franchises in the history of American sports, not just baseball for that matter, only playing one game, would the NBA be a good solution to you guys, at least the NBA format? I think it's they're too much tied to the division. Like you said, they mm-hmm. play those same four teams half the year. I don't think yeah, – I, I think just making it – taking away the part that you beat these teams in your division so I mean, much. In NBA, you play issue. you play your division like four times a year. Is that right? Yes. Just four? Yeah, That's not four. near as much as I mean, you can play your – Division uh, a same team four times a week in baseball. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. I was just I was just spitballing. Cause I was but, thinking about that because I don't know what the proper mm-hmm. solution is. I just know it's not working right because now. Because last year they attempted an NBA, not NBA style, just you know they did a top eight both sides, um, in the American and the National, and that was who made it to the playoffs, and then you got seated accordingly. Um, and if that had happened this year, you would have had teams. Oh, where's my wild card standings? There, um, you would have had, of course, Toronto and Seattle getting in, as well as the Oakland Athletics, as well with Oakland playing the top seed at Tampa Bay. So, I just think that I, I don't, I don't. People were obviously watching the MLB playoffs last year because it was the first, you know, real sports to come back after playing a, a semi-normal season, if you want to call it that, um, but as normal as you could get last year. But I don't, I don't, I didn't see a lot of excitement for. You know, a three-game series between Atlanta and Cincinnati that kicked off, or that first pitch was at 11 a.m. So, um, I I I think that there's t- the the way baseball works is that you want to immediately begin playing as soon as the regular season ends to st- keep your momentum because that's so important in baseball. So, if you had any kind of system like that where you're having to play a lowly team in order to get back into the get to the where the playoffs are need to be, which is the top teams competing each other, I think there's too much of a chance of loss of momentum in order to implement that system. So I, I think 
the baseball playoffs are best when they're at, they're lengthy series, but they're you're not don't have very many opponents. If that makes sense, that's a fair point. All right, we are going to have to hit a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking playoff baseball. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We'll be back in about two minutes with some more of the show. Go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345 if you got something to say. We'd love to hear from you. Weather on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll and Alex Houston. Welcoming you into the booth today. It is the bottom of the hour, 8.33, which means uh, we are going to move along with the show and get to your War Eagle weather report right now. And we are going to jump right in with the... Auburn, Alabama weather report for today, October 6th, 2021. It is 70 degrees and a little bit hazy outside here on the plains. It is The high of today is 76, and the low today is 68. We are currently Lee County under a flash flood watch issued by the National Weather Service in Birmingham. So if rain begins, do take the appropriate precautions to avoid any kind of danger that would arise from rising floodwaters. Um, There's a 48% chance of rain through 9 a.m., which means rain will probably continue throughout the day. We're dealing with an 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms this afternoon. In the evening, it's going to be a 50% chance of rain. And overnight, the showers will continue, the thunder will stop, and we'll sit at 70 degrees and 68% chance of rain. Um, not very windy this afternoon, less than a 7-mile-per-hour wind, but it should be pretty consistent. Low visibility, high humidity. You guys know the drill. It's a rainy autumn day here in Alabama. So we will enjoy, as we deal with the, uh, the weather in autumn, we will enjoy the good parts of autumn. And one of those good parts of autumn is, of course, the MLB playoffs, as those continue to roll on, kicking off last night with the Boston Red Sox defeating the New York Yankees. 6-2 to two in the American League wild card game. The Boston Red Sox will play at the Rays on Thursday. You can watch that one on MLB Network or Fox Sports 1. Jumping over to the National League, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. They will be playing the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight, Wednesday, 7 p.m. on TBS. Um, the game last night took a really long time. Did, did you guys pick up on that? It was. I could tell by the time you st- you texted me, like, are you watching it? And by the time I got home, it was maybe just ending, and that was around, like, I don't know, like, 8? What time did it start? It started at 7. And oh, okay. And then it went lo- longer than I thought it did. Then by 9.45, it was only the middle of the 6th. So... What caused it to go so long? I mean, I, I didn't know. watch baseball. I mean, it's just, uh, you know. Garrett Cole takes a while to pitch anyways. Well, he wasn't in the game very long. That's true. true. Um, I mean, you know, managers are over-managing. They don't want to make a mistake. Um, 
and it was on ESPN. You know, there was a lot of probably a lot of TV breaks. You know, talk to former players and stuff like that. I I got I will say I got a little bored with the game um, after it was just a lot of uh, the Yankees striking out. So I I did flip between other things. It wasn't did not capture my full attention, sadly as I as I hoped it would. Um, as, as it did not look like the Yankees were producing any kind of offense. Uh, so I was not motivated that they'd be able to climb out of that 3 nothing hole they dug themselves in early in the game. So I wasn't glued to it um, like I'm sure Yankees and Sox fans were. Um, probably Bay Marks and Daniel Locke here on Compact Discourse are pretty excited about the victory for their Sox. But the game did take a long time. I uh, <laughs> I wish it didn't. Here, so... Since it's so long, do you have any solutions you think the MLB should look into? I mean, they've already been trying to for a while. Um, Rob Manfred's been... Stop letting ESPN broadcast baseball games. That's, Interesting. That's um, top of my list. I do have an article here if you want to go over some. If not, we can move on. Um, That's fine. I'd, I'd like to talk to, to that. I mean, playoff baseball is a little different, and I think it's the they like to try out new stuff broadcast-wise in the playoffs. So we'll see if... Uh, if if game changes and broadcast changes, how they can work together to make the game more palatable to a more casual audience. Because this is this is how you know MLB makes their money is is the casual people watching the playoffs. For some, these are crazy articles. I the one I chose it started out normal and went crazy. I'll read the ones that are normal first. Obviously, there's ones like pitching clock. I'm in favor of that personally. I think that'd be a good way to, because I mean pitchers still have time to do their whole warm up thing, but they're not going to take two minutes to do it. Um, no more commercial breaks during pitching changes, which I feel like either way it's gonna do that. Don't they do they do they conform the commercials to how long the pitching change is usually? I think they can kind of do it on the fly, however long they need. Yeah, so I don't think that one's a big issue. Bring in robot umps, which is people have been saying for length of the game and to get rid of like Joe West, Angel Hernandez type people. Mm, but that, we're that's, terrible at their job. That, that's only balls and strikes, though. That's true. And I feel like balls and strikes, while they can affect the outcome of the game, they don't really affect the length of the game. Yes. What, I, I what would say they, they could in a case of, so you've got a robot ump who technically wouldn't be wrong, right? They are so, wrong. There's there's videos of Okay, well, in that case, wrong. then, the idea of using it is that you avoid the constant discussions that follow suit every time. Well, you're, not allowed to argue ba- you're not allowed to argue balls and strikes. Well, I mean... People TV, rarely people do. they don't do it that often because they'll get thrown out if they do. Well, I'm just yeah, but they'll yell at them. But I mean, like that's a part of baseball I want to keep. I like it when the when people get no. Thrown I out. do too. I'm just saying baseball does have a time problem. So another one is uh, changes just seven inning games altogether, which I'm not a big fan of. That I feel like that's one of the things that baseball should not change no. ever. Uh, th- okay, now it's starting to get goofy. Uh, ban in-game dugout interviews. That one's not one of the goofy ones, but mm, I mean, that, does that slow down the game? I mean, I I really don't. I I don't think any of the solutions in this are the are fixing any issues that really slow it down. It sounds like this person's just grumpy. Replace extra innings with a home run derby. Bad. Good take from you. Uh, ban Yankee slash Red Sox games. This was written in 2016. Um, yeah, this person was just grumpy. Kill third base. Hit Mark Burley as a game time con- hire. To- Mike Burley is a game time consultant. No more mound visits. Dog ground crews. So I yeah, like that, that last was, one. Would that would that speed up the game though? I mean, that article tricked me. You did you did get bamboozled 
into the first one. I was like, okay, yeah, pitching clock, yeah, I'm with that. And then one of them was uh, players not wearing clothes, which was obviously just thrown in there to make you second guess what you're reading about. Great. So yeah, that was a waste of an article. Kind of threw us off the rails there. That's my bad. I thought we were actually going to talk about speeding up baseball. Okay. Well, speaking of speeding up baseball, we will speed right into the playoff bracket. For those of you not familiar with the playoff format, it is, of course, uh, once the wild card games get resolved, it is a a pair of divisional series on each side of the American League and National League, culminating in a championship series on the National League and American League, which is a best of seven. The divisional series are a best of five. So, uh, with the win last night, the Red Sox will travel to St. Petersburg and Tropicana Stadium to take on the number one seeded Tampa Bay Rays, who have the best record in the American League. They will be playing game one Thursday at uh, on MLB Network and Fox Sports 1. Game two will be Friday, and game three will be Sunday at Fenway. Um, game four will be at Fenway if necessary. Game five will be back in St. Pete on the 13th. Next Wednesday, that's heyday, if necessary. All right, your next playoff series already decided is the Chicago White Sox versus the Houston Astros. This is actually a rematch of a World Series that happened in the 21st century, which is a nice fun fact. The White Sox will be playing at the Astros in Minute Maid Park, or the Juice Box, as I like to call it. That is on Thursday on the MLB Network or Fox Sports 1, so you'll be able to watch a doubleheader of Rays Red Sox and White Sox Astros. And then game two will be on Friday and game three will be on Sunday. So an identical schedule to the Red Sox versus Tampa Bay Rays is how the TV crews are breaking down this playoff series. All right, then over on your National League, this best of five series is going to be the Atlanta Braves with the three seed and the Milwaukee Brewers with the two seed. That game is going to be game one in Milwaukee, the Braves will be traveling to take on the Brewers on Friday on TBS. And Game 2 will be on Saturday, and Game 3 will be back in Atlanta on Monday. Game 4 will be in Atlanta as well, that's on Tuesday. And then, if necessary, the Braves will travel back to Milwaukee on the 14th of October, that's Thursday, to play a deciding Game 5. Same schedule for the San Francisco Giants. They will probably be playing later as they are on the West Coast. Um, All of their National League games are on TBS, they will be playing the winner of the Cardinals and Dodgers game, which is going to happen tonight. So we'll talk a little bit about Cardinals-Dodgers right now. I'm very excited for this game. Do we know who's starting for, is it Max Scherzer starting for the Dodgers? Scherzer versus Wainwright, two vintage pitchers. I am ready for the Dodgers to lose. I want it to be an interesting playoff. I don't want the Dodgers to just run back through the playoffs again and win like they did last year, even though you do give them an asterisk for last year. Yes. Can you give us a give a quick rundown on that real quick? On the asterisk? Yeah. Um, Besides, was it just the COVID season? Yeah. It was the, I mean, the the playoffs were easy to get into. Fair. Uh and there was Justin Turner having COVID and celebrating with the team, which I'm not personally mad about. But I forgot about that. I just, it seems rather suspect. I just think it's funny to call him that because I don't like them. That's fair. I'm not does, like does anybody really like them. I'm not like going in like to Cooperstown to rip up their trophy, but <laughs> I like 
Well, it's just a piece of metal. So yeah, I mean, and a grumpy old race car once told me it's just an empty cup. Um, so the Cardinals are a dog in this one. They are one and a half down on the run line. Money line is two nineteen in favor of the Dodgers. Uh, apparently, Vegas likes the hundred and six win wild card Dodgers to do pretty well in this one. As uh, the Cardinals, I don't think you can ignore how hot they were getting towards the end of the season. They went from a 1.3% chance to make the playoffs to on the cusp of having a three-game series with the number one-seeded San Francisco Giants. So pretty impressive performance by the Cardinals to even get here, and they can sweeten the deal all the more by taking down the greatest wildcard team mathematically in the history of baseball. So we're looking forward to that coming up. That is, of course, on TBS tonight at 7, 10 p.m. Central Time. You aren't going to want to miss it. It's a one-game playoff for a chance to get to the Fall Classic by taking on the San Francisco Giants later on in the week. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. We'll be back in just a little bit to continue the discussion, including uh, Alex has a little out-of-this-world news he has to share with all of everybody. So when we get back, more of that and more of Compact Discourse. I'm Jack Hart, along with Alex and Davis. We'll be back in about two minutes. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joining alongside Davis and Alex, the hosts of The Box Office. Through the Lens. Do you actually not know the name or is it a bit now? Wait, it's, it's which running, is it? It's, it's a running joke. It's a running joke that you don't know the name of the show that you've been on multiple times. Alex, you're taking it too seriously. I think that makes it funnier. I think we he, uh, he he rectified it. It's all good. We would like to extend a most sincere appreciation to all of the everybody out there in Radio Land listening us to us today. However, you are tuning in, whether that be sitting in your car, or your home, with your terrestrial radio antenna, the old-fashioned way, or tuning in the modern, you know, two thousands way of weglfm.com and clicking the play button on that boombox. A couple shout-outs I'd like to give, including Miss Lily, who is listening. Uh, shout out to you. Thank you. You made my day yesterday by telling me you enjoy the show so much. So please continue to do so. Uh, it is a Weagle Wednesday, of course. There's plenty to get to on a Weagle Wednesday because this is where the great shows live right here on WEGL 91.1. Hit to hit, back to back is what we like to say. And tonight is no exception. We have a fantastic schedule tonight, including one more hour with Aaron, Happy Days with Jay, Woodstock Hour and Cheetah Print all stacked up beginning at 5 p.m. So from 5 to 9, you can get some of the best music in Auburn right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Once again, we got one more hour starting at 5 all the way until Cheetah Print ending at 9, including DJP and the Woodstock Hour mixed in there as well. Speaking of DJP, he's probably going to crash this party here in a little bit and DJ the station after I get out of here. So... Stay tuned for that. He's got plenty of classic rock, and he loves to take requests. So if you like that sort of thing, keep that dial right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. All right, let's continue to roll along with the show. Alex? Uh, can I say something for Alex real quick? Go okay, ahead, Davis. Davis. Yeah. You were At, talking about how people listen to the show. 
I, huh. I, I, t- yes. Do you think there's anybody that happens to listen to us just because they have like the thing in the, like the metal in their teeth and they hear us in their head? They think oh, they're going like, crazy. Oh, uh, like that happened to Lucille Ball. Did it really? Yeah, I saw I saw a, uh, um, a show about that. I didn't believe that was real for a long time. I didn't either. And then, then my grandma was like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. I was like, thanks, grandma. Exactly. I'd like to believe someone has heard us in their head while they're just sleeping or something. All right, well, but Alex, you can th- say Think of that before you say anything, that, that you may be reverberating through somebody's teeth. That's fair. Alex? Okay, noted. With that in mind, to the person who's hearing us in their mouth, don't freak out. But NASA will be crashing a spacecraft into an asteroid at 15,000 miles per hour to test Earth's defenses. The space agency's double asteroid redirection test, DART for short, will lift off next month aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket for a mission being likened to the plot of the film Armageddon, a classic. NASA's all talk. But the idea is essentially they're seeing what happens if we launch something 15,000 miles per hour at an asteroid because this... He's not going to have, you know, nuclear payload or anything, mm-hmm. but the simple effects of solid object hitting an asteroid at 15,000 miles per hour, this is one of many tests that I imagine yeah. are going to take place over the next couple of years because, I mean, this clear they've clearly got a plan in place. But Do you guys have thoughts on Armageddon? I love that movie. Yeah, you shouldn't have asked Alex about that. No, no, I'm interested because Year- I have thoughts about Armageddon as well. New Year's Eve, this, this past year, we, we decided to watch it, and... I love that movie, but the entire time we're at, we're at our table and my grandfather's sitting in front of my dad and my dad's like trying to like look around him just to see the TV and we're all quoting it to each other. That is like a Houston family tradition is to watch that movie once a year and just laugh. What do you think about it, Jack? Are you laughing because you enjoyed the movie or you think it's silly? Um, A combo effect. Okay. I mean, we enjoy it because it is silly. I think I think it knows what it's doing. Like, I mean, you know, like... Every single thing up until the very end, like, is just so ridiculous. Steve Buscemi is a genius, but he's also one of the dumbest people on the planet simultaneously as one character. So, genius. Like, he's like you, Alex. Do you, do you think it'd be easier Davis, to can, teach a miner how to be an astronaut or astronaut how to be a miner? First of all, it's an oil driller. Oh, sorry. Either way, miner. my point still what is, what, what is this, the 1800s? There's people still mine, Alex. It's, I know. it's it's not a dead I industry. I know, Jack. What do you think of it? I think it is. I I will agree that it it knows what it's doing. Um, obviously, it's a very silly plot, but it 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 makes me, it makes it it makes my my brain wheels spin because it it makes me think of you know what were would be practical solutions if Earth would be presented with that problem. Well, obviously, still send Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's that's a given. Um, you know, I've I've heard that there's a couple ways that that they're they're they've proffered solutions to stopping a incoming asteroid impact, uh, including what NASA is doing right now is that if you just hit it with something hard enough to the to where it diverts its course or alters its course even just a little bit, you know, we're dealing with such a fast speed and giant scale in outer space that even a minor change will have you know chaos effect ramifications such that it, it's so rare for an asteroid to make contact with a, a relatively small place like the earth that even a minor change would send it you know just glancing past indeed so I, i've heard of that one and i've also heard of uh th- there's a there's a strategy called paintballing where you hit it with enough 
in fact, any white stuff, anything that would be reflect sunlight to where these, the added sunlight getting reflected by this asteroid is going to slow it down enough to effectively stop it from its, uh, its, its original course. That so is, I, I think it's interesting. interesting. I like that thinking, is about, fascinating. thinking about space. I would say space is if, awesome. If you're ever if you're ever thinking, man, this movie is bad, just watch Deep Impact, which was like part of the big '90s trend of oh, disaster movie oh, about this thing. Like There's four? a second one. Yes, like Deep Sunshine? Impact. Deep Impact is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate that movie. It makes Armageddon look like an Oscar winner. It's terrible. <laughs> they even one of their tactics is sending nukes at the at the asteroid that's coming to hit them in Deep Impact, and. The movie evidently didn't have room in the budget because Morgan Freeman just comes on the screen and says, oh, yeah, it didn't work. And it's like, oh, I guess it, it didn't. We don't see it. Oh, is that the one with Elijah Wood? Yes, and Tay Leone and, oh, yes. That one does a lot better job of doing the human element of, you know, how society would react. Mm-hmm. But overall, I just think it's significant. Yeah, I watched worse. that one that, back when uh, it was on Netflix, I think, like, Early COVID, yeah. Back when I was just watching a movie every night. If I if I build up enough goodwill with Davis on the podcast, maybe I'll convince him to do Armageddon. And we Deep could do Impact. disaster movies. Mm. Disaster and, movies are too much fun, man. And uh, spe- I love them. Speaking of through the lens, I'll uh, I'll throw you throw you the mic for the end of this segment to promote what you guys have going on, not only this week but also this whole month over on your movie podcast. Ah, uh, yes, it is scary movie season, which means much like last year, we will do four episodes this month discussing. Different scary movies, not or ha- basically Halloween themed movies, as we'll be doing Sco- the Scooby Doo movies, not the live action, but the four c- classic cartoon ones from the early two thousands. Is the right? I think it's nineties. Nineties. Okay, yeah. And this week though, we are doing Scream One and Scream Four because it is the twenty fifth and tenth anniversaries of those films this year, and those films also are significant parallels to each other. They both. Like, the fourth one directly comments on the first one. Not to mention Scream 5 is coming out soon. There'll be a trailer released, I think, on October 10th. So all rather fitting. And then other plans for the month, Davis? We're going to do some uh, Ari Aster movies, yes. Midsummer and Hereditary. I believe Chris may be coming on for that one. Uh, what was our other one? We could certainly wrap up with the Halloween movies. We haven't done those in a while, and they've just recanted the entire series. So it's only four movies now because they basically said – all the other ones don't matter. So that's always interesting thing to discuss. Plus, I liked the most recent one with uh, where Jamie Lee Curtis had the long hair and she was like crazy. Y'all see that movie? No. Oh, it was a good one, actually. Well, keep your keep your ear to the wall for the last episode of this month. We're gonna be we're gonna be fighting about it, see what we're gonna do. Figure out what we're gonna do. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a good month of movies. Tune in if you'd like. But yeah, Alan or Jack. Lovely. I'll be tuning in. I might I might listen to an episode I'm not on for once. Whoa. You weren't on the Spider Man episode. That Chris was DJing. Okay. Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. I was held hostage. That's that counts <laughs> I'll count that as two listens anyway. Yeah, there you go. You gotta pump those numbers up. Always. All right. We are going to head to the nine o'clock break as it is the top of the hour. So of course go get yourself a cup of coffee as always, and we will be back in about five minutes with the second half of the show, including the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. I don't even know who's coming in the booth for that one, so stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss this. It is the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. If you have something you want to say on the show, you can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. We'd love to hear from you. We've got a lot of news to get to on the other side of the break, including, you know, some NBA action as we get very close to tip off on the NBA season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about five minutes with some more Compact Discourse. 
Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM as Grayson turned my headphones up too loud. All right, we'll jump right back into the show. Welcome in. It is 9.04 a.m. on October 6th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll, Alex Houston, and the one and only DJP. That's J.P. Williams, staff member here at WEGL, basically runs the place. All right, we're going to jump right back into the show for the second half. Got a lot to get to, including some NBA news, some campus goings-ons, including a wonderful weekend of Auburn athletics, culminating with a Auburn versus Georgia matchup in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday afternoon. And the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, of course, will be happening in the second half of this hour, where we determine the greatest chocolate cream sandwich cookie of all time, definitively, so you don't have to. All right, let's jump right into the show. Mr. DJP, how are you doing this fine Wednesday morning. I'm doing all right. The uh, weather is not ideal, but I managed to get here like on time. So that's normally kind of a challenge whenever it gets to be around like time for the 9 a.m. classes because that crosswalk over on West Magnolia gets really packed out. But when a Chick-fil-A got my breakfast, I've had a single cup of coffee, so I'm going to need a second one here in like the next hour, I'm sure. But Uh-oh. I'm doing well this morning. Or if I had got my cup of coffee! He said it. I said it. So, we're happy to have you. I'm glad you made it here after all your trials and tribulations, but we're happy to have you here on the show. It's always a fun Wednesday when DJP crashes the party. Thank you. It is always a pleasure to be here, especially for the Cookie Showdown, the finale. I've I've been looking forward to this day. The Cookie Showdown finale will be be occurring, so wait it with bated breath as it it fast approaches. Um, Alex, Davis, we still doing okay? Are we ready to talk about Ben Simmons? Absolutely. Davis? No comment. What the? Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. Something's going on. I can't tell if that means he's a Ben Simmons fan. I'm not. I'm just kidding. Okay. But I will I will defend Ben Simmons if I have to. I'm not even Ben Simmons he's gonna fan. play devil's advocate. Uh-oh. We can if talk. I had a nickel for every time someone said, I'm going to play devil's advocate in debate class, I'd be a wealthy individual. I'd have two nickels. <laughs> so we have Ben Simmons drama. We have Urban Meyer drama we can talk about in this segment. Where would we like to go first? Urban Meyer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think I know what this is about. Is you, this about that thing that got posted to him at that college bar? Yes. The college bar named Urban Meyer's Pub or whatever, and it has a picture of him and his wife on the wall. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> the news is, oh, my. Oh, oh my gosh. Truth That's, is stranger than fiction, folks. I mean, this is this is terrible. I mean... Not to mention the fact that he's already been a bad coach. Now he's going to apologize for distraction. And rumors, according to some reports, say that he, after he apologized to the team in a team meeting, the team laughed at him as he walked out. I would, too. He canceled Monday's meeting to then weather the storm of, oh, I was cheating on my wife. Then he also said she was just trying to get me to dance on the dance floor. No, no, that's not what happened, Urban. He I don't want to say. a little dance, that's for sure. I, I, I don't want to say did what you, happened. Did you hear his reason for staying in Ohio originally? Um... He said it, he was wanted to visit his grandkids. So I heard it was for like a birthday party because there was a post of him like there for somebody's party, and he was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then even like, uh, like his wife Shelly knew he was there because she tweeted, "I have to babysit while while uh, he gets to party," and it was a picture of him in his jacket at that bar. Little did she know what was going to happen later. And then of course, her basic tweet of a half-eaten uh, corn on the cob has now got like. 600 replies of people saying, I'm so sorry. 
And it's just, it's an absurd uh, escalation of events over the past few days, is how I would best describe it. Thank you for bringing this shocking development to my attention. I was unaware of the corner of the cop tweet. <laughs> no, like, like, like people are treating it like it's some sort of like, I don't even know what. It's weird. It's weird. The whole thing is bizarre. I think it's hilarious. Gun. I think the fact that he's already basically lost the team because he's a bad coach on top of this is funny. Not to mention, which, I mean, how many coaches have survived scandals such as this? At the same universe. At the end of the program. day, how big is this scandal really? Yeah, how big of a deal is it going to be like I mean, two weeks from now? I don't think it'd be that big yeah. deal if the team was not already in shambles. Like yeah. if, if the Jags were 4-0 and and they didn't trade away their first round pick from last year, I don't think people would laugh this one off. But That's what I'm saying. Is this is just, like, it's piling on more and like more. A, he has a, done a lot of stuff. This is like a flat tire on an already on fire garbage truck. Exactly. Like, I mean, you, like there's been another tweet going around where it's just every single grievance that they've had with, you know, from making Trevor Lawrence split reps with Gardner Minshew for four weeks in the preseason just to then trade Gardner Minshew, you know, and, and drafting Travis Etienne when you have James Robinson, then immediately saying, man, Wish I drafted Kadarius Tony and Travis Etienne is right there. You know, it's like so, but that that's how it goes. Is you know most pl- most coaches with scandals are followed by bad seasons. Bobby Petrino's motorcycle thing. Arkansas was not that good in his final uh, year, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, no, that was at Louisville, and then he went. Yeah, to Arkansas. It, that's my it, mistake. It's hard to keep track of of Petrino's. Petrino's story mis- is my favorite. Over under two months before Urban Meyer comes down with an affliction. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. Com- I mean, comes down. I, that's what. That's what everybody said. Everybody, everybody was posting like his like when he fell down at the Ohio yeah. State sideline oh. with the head with the headache, and he's like when that girl walked up to him at the bar. Fell over, but you know, it's <laughs> good old Urban. Yeah, you know, it's it's a whole thing. I think the um, craziest part of the story is that he was at a bar named after him with his with a, with photo a picture of his, of his wife, wife on the wall. I mean. I think the craziest part about the story is that there's that video on there, and he said, "Oh, she was just trying to get me on the dance floor." That's not that like. Like there's there's a little thing called open to interpretation. That video is not it. There are some very crude terms used to describe it that I will not say on the air. I'll say it after, during the break. But I, yeah, I feel like if you're Urban Meyer, you just have to just say I made a mistake. That's yeah. honestly better than saying somebody was trying to get me on the dance floor and I shouldn't have been at the bar. It's like that's not what was happening. Just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Just 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 know that there's you're Urban Meyer. All right, Urban. We continue to have our eyes on you as we uh, await with bated breath whether or not you will make it an entire season in Jacksonville. After, you know, there, there was pretty unanimous chatter in the offseason that it was a bad idea for him to go to uh, Jacksonville. And I think it's, it's paying off. Well, the, the it's, fact, paying, the, it's paying its dividends. The fact is it's a bad idea from the, from the jump because he's a liar. I mean, he has said that he was never going to coach again multiple times and then he's returned. Like, this is not... This is not some sort of, ooh, I've heard this rumor. He said multiple times to Tom Rinaldi in his Ohio State press conference, in his Florida press conference, that he was never going to return to coaching. And then Jacksonville's like, you want some money? And it, he appears at Jacksonville. Like, people were already – it was already bad PR to get a new coaching job after you retire twice. He's not going to probably retire a third time, go to Southern California again, and then it's like – it doesn't – like. Not a big just, Urban Meyer fan, Alex? No. I, I was about to say, man, you got the throat vein hey, going. Hey, you hey, are look, going, look. You're on a I, roll. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong about anything he said. Like, uh, 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 Alex it, is right about Urban he's Meyer. He's the voice of everyone and on like, Twitter right it's, now. It's, it's, it's partially, I want to say, my dad's fault because my dad has hated Urban Meyer since I could like remember watching football, so it's just influenced me in a, in a potential way. But, I mean, yeah, like all of that combined with, you know, How's college going to transfer to the NFL? Like, it was already a bad hire, and now it's just getting worse and worse by the minute. Well, we will now move on to talk about the Thunder from down under, Mr. Ben Simmons oh, of the yeah. Philadelphia oh. 76ers. 
but for how long? Uh, not honestly, could be for a while now because the Sixers are asking for a fortune for a player who's not very good. Everybody keeps posting the video of him passing up a layup with Trey Young in front of him. Trey Young being, of course, a foot shorter than Ben Simmons. Can't confirm. Uh, and newest report from Kyle Newbeck, who is a Sixers reporter. He says, after receiving a big fine for missing last night's preseason game, Simmons will be fined $300,000 for every game he does not show up to. And they, the Sixers started like a little fund for him. Did you see that? I did not see they that. They started, they have like a, like a they piggy put bank. $8 million for like a piggy, basically a piggy bank. And every time he gets fined, they're going to take money from that. They took the eight man out of his contract. Oh, every okay. time he shows up to games, they'll give him money from that oh. con- that little piggy bank. Interesting. I think it's how it's going. That, like that. That, that is very odd. But after receiving that big fine, sources from Kyle Newbeck say that Ben Simmons' representation, which is Clutch Sports and Rich Paul, spoke to the Players Association and had it reiterated that money could not be recovered, a potential sign that the weight of a holdout is setting in. So what it appears is that Ben Simmons was given the was under the assumption that if you're fined for money, you can just get it back, which would have been advice from Rich Paul, his agent, who's already being sued once by Nerlens Noel for losing out $58 million. So it appears... Clutch Sports and Rich Paul could be in trouble because that is incorrect advice you're giving to your player because anybody, I think, if you just read the CBA, could have found out that you can't get money back for being fined. Like, that's never been a thing in any sport as far as I'm concerned. But now it appears that Simmons did not know that because – or the representation for Simmons didn't know that either. So that could certainly affect it. I don't know how because, again, the Sixers want valid compensation. And – I don't know if Simmons can return to Philadelphia. Philly fans have booed Santa Claus. They likely will boo him out of the, out of the arena no matter what he does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what That's the, the solution is. That's the biggest reason is. he doesn't want to come back is what he said. Apparently he has, he's put his center city Philadelphia condo up for sale. As of today. Oh, yeah, uh, at the Ritz-Carlton. That, that's correct. That also just came out as well. I but, just, again, that doesn't ex- expedite the n- nobody wants him because the fact is – the only team that can trade for Ben Simmons is a team that can build their entire roster around him because he requires that. Not because he's LeBron James and it works, but because he doesn't have a skill set to do anything else. I mean, yeah, he, he can't, can he can't pa- shoot. Every, every offseason, he acts like he's starting to learn how, and then every every season, he never does. And then he passes up a layup with Trey Young in the paint. That's like the RDC World video. Shoot Wasn't the ball. He, uh, one of the top people with the. All defense last year. Yes, no, no, yeah, he, no. He's a great defender. He just okay. cannot score any way other than driving. He is. He's an excellent player in a lot of in a lot of ways. Passing the basketball, rebounding, especially on defense. But the fact is, he refuses to adapt his offensive skill set. He he's done the same thing for five years, which is just not. It's not what you can do in the NBA. You cannot come in a rookie and be the exact same player four years down the line. I mean, even Giannis, for example, came in with even less of a skill set than Ben Simmons, and now he's shooting threes in the NBA Finals and deservedly so won the MVP for it. Ben Simmons is the opposite. Nothing. So, mm. I remember my, when it was his rookie year, Colin Cowherd posted on a thing. He was like top five NBA players, and he put him at fifth. And that was bad. I've, I did not like Ben Simmons' rookie year. I still don't really like him now. I think he maybe gets a little too much hate, but I still think he's not the player that a lot of people thought but he was. The fact is he's, he's even regressed, to be honest. His offensive skill set has gotten worse in terms of production scoring-wise. He doesn't even have a post game. He doesn't adapt to that. Like he, It just doesn't – and it, specifically it was never going to work in Philly because you have Joel Embiid who's one of the best centers in the league. So it's just a whole mess. I don't know who will take him, though. All right, pack your bags, Ben. It's going to be a long offseason for the NBA. All right, lots to get to here still on Compact Discourse, including – 
thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. All that and more is coming up later on in the show. We've got plenty of great shows on WeGo for you today, including One More Hour, The Woodstock Hour, Cheetah Print, and more. So stay tuned for a preview of that, as well as a preview of Tip Off at Tumors, the number one basketball preseason event going on tomorrow at Tumors Corner, of course. All right. We'll be back in about two minutes with some more of the show. Thank you to DJP, Alex, and Davis for joining me on the show. We'll be back in about two minutes with some more Compact Discourse. Welcome back to Compact Discourse, right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, Transistor.FM, Eagle Eye TV, plenty of places you can be listening to us, and we thank you for doing so here on this lovely overcast Wednesday morning. Lots to get to here today on the show. We've been talking sports, we've been talking playoff baseball, we've been talking a whole lot of things. We've got a whole cavalcade of people joining us, people are Filling in, we're running out of room in the studio as people flooding in as the excitement is spreading about the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown, which will be transpiring in just about 10 minutes. So stay tuned for that one. After one more break, we'll be getting to that. But I am welcoming in, of course, Mr. DJP to the show. Welcome back. Hello. Great to have you here. Alex Houston, co-sports director. Oh, hi. Hello. Yes. Um, And then we got Davis on, on mic four. Hello. And we're going to try, for the first time ever, the roving microphone. <coughs> Hello, Hello Miss Aaron. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. And we've got also Mr. Music Director Will Root. Welcome. What's up? Welcome. We're, we're, the levels over there, actually, they, we're, we're picking something up. We're picking something up over there. Yeah, I got some bars. Nice, I got some bars nice. over here. All right, so welcome to the show. We are going to jump right in with Mr. DJP, <laughs> Music Director. What's new on Weagle? What's hot? What is Weagle up to, and what can everyone expect in the coming weeks from, you know, Auburn's only student-run radio station? So we are still filling out the local music block. We are getting closer and closer to go ahead and implementing that one in there. Got some new music, or not even new music. We're going to have music from the Talisman, hopefully here by the end of the day. Weagle Wednesday. Um, so since it's like, like what, the eve of fall break, I know a lot of students don't really want to do their shows today. I mean, I'm not even doing any of my shows. I recorded over the weekend. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry for anyone who wanted to listen to Woodstock tonight or listen to the morning show, the the 10 to 12. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be in here. i got to issue some redactions. Jack's been hyping it up all, all show. I apologize. I, I mean, I'm going to be in the studio probably working on homework, but I'm not really going to be speaking <laughs> right. into the microphone. Tune in to 91.1 to hear some pencil scratching. Yes. He's got He's got a test to study for. Okay. Understood. I need to study. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and study. Okay, so you know, <laughs> All right, I understand. I'm getting I'm my backpack out. <laughs> you want to hear the, the unzip under the microphone? If I can even get the zipper. There we go. We'll get the computer out. There you the go. The notebook out. All right, so we are looking forward to that on WEGL. Plenty of new local music and more excitement to come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's so funny right now. I need to get my mic up just so I can start laughing into it. <laughs> yeah, get, get some, good, some good crowd mic action <laughs> all right so we are you know very excited here at weagle big things are coming and uh you know jp's leading the charge is that right 
Dude, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, I will reiterate that it is a big weekend of Auburn athletics, um, including tomorrow night. We are kicking off with tip off at Tumors. That is going to be tomorrow evening at Tumors Corner. Uh, the Auburn basketball team and ladies basketball team will be having a little preseason event to kick off the official start of the uh, Auburn basketball season. First game is in November, so we're getting hyped for that. Coach Pearl, Coach Harris, Coach Harson, all of your favorite people from Auburn Athletics are going to be there. Um, that event technically starts at 4 p.m., as early as 4 p.m. if you would like to start making your way over to Tumor's Corner tomorrow afternoon. This is a rain or shine event, so even if it's a little overcast, a little bit rainy, there will be something for you to see on Tumor's Corner. Probably not a dunk contest for the safety of our uh, – of our beloved Auburn basketball players, but something exciting will transpire. I can guarantee you that. Uh, it is, of course, uh, going to be a chance to meet the 2021-22 to 22 basketball teams. There will be a skills contest, dunk contest, and more. Admission is 100% free, and it is, but it is first come, first serve, and standing room only. So if you were at this event two years ago, you know that it's just barricades preventing you from uh, from being on Tumor's Corner itself. So... Uh, come early as as you as you feel is required, and make your way up to the barricades. Uh, first couple thousand fans there will receive free T-shirts and shakers. So, if you are in the market for some linens or plastics, you can come on over to Tumor's Corner to get your T-shirt or shaker. And that is um, once again that I think it properly tips off at 7 p.m., but I think if you show up at 7 p.m., you might need someone's shoulders to sit on to get a good view. So er, uh, arrive as early as you feel necessary and make yourself at home at Tumor's Corner as we get the Auburn basketball season kicked off or tipped off, if you will. You like that? All right. Friday, <laughs> 10 8, 3 p.m., we have Equestrian. Number one in the land, uh, our horse girls Woo. are going to be taking on. Georgia's number two in the land. Horse, this is a revenge game or meet. What a horse is I, I don't know, yeah. dude. I've assumed it's been called a meet, but I've never been to one, so it's I've never. Ah, event. Aaron says event. This is a revenge event for the uh, the Lady Tigers of our equestrian team taking on number two Georgia, who broke our national camp championship streak last year. So we are looking for revenge against the Georgia Bulldogs. And there will be a T-shirt giveaway at this one as well. So two, two T-shirts in two days, if you feel so inclined. Um, you can head on over to the uh, Equestrian Center, which is across the street from the Large Animal Teaching Hospital, which is out on Wire Road by the Vet School. And you can take the Tiger Transit there. It is as easy as that. So that is 3 p.m. on Friday, 10-8. All right, moving right along. Of course, the main event between the hedges, between the real hedges, it is game day against the University of Georgia, lowercase g, Bulldogs, going to be 2.30 p.m. Auburn, Alabama, Jordan-Hare Stadium. You know the drill. It is a big game. The number two in the land, Georgia Bulldogs, are coming to town to take on the number 18 Auburn Tigers, looking to go 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, last time a top-ranked Georgia team came to the Plains, we beat them pretty soundly in a big upset, so we'll look for a repeat performance this weekend. Uh, at 10.30 a.m., the Coke Fan Fest and home plate tailgate opens next to Plainsman Park. Gates will open at 12.30 p.m. That's when you can experience Tiger Walk. 2.10 p.m. is when the Eagle is going to fly and the marching band is going to do their thing. And 2.30 p.m. is when we kick off. We are on CBS this weekend, the biggest SEC game of the week. 
And then on Sunday, you have the women's soccer game. It is versus LSU. Number 22 is our women's soccer team. You can listen to that game on WEGL 91.1 FM. And if you don't want to listen to it, you can go and watch it yourself at the Auburn Soccer Complex across from the Auburn Athletics Complex over on Heisman Road. And that is at 2 p.m. on Sunday, October 10th. That's 10-10. Big weekend of Auburn Athletics. I hope everyone is excited for I actually have something to say about the soccer game on Sunday. Oh, what's up, Will? So I actually uh, know I have a friend from high school who plays on LSU's soccer team. And I talked to her about the game on, uh, I guess, Saturday when we were in Baton Rouge. And she said she thinks they're going to lose. So the LSU team thinks they're going to lose the game firsthand. So where you go to that? Where you go to that, <laughs> indeed. All right, yes. And if you want to listen to the LSU soccer team lose, I do want to remind you once again, right here, how you're listening to this, WEGL 91.1 FM, we'll have our dedicated and hardworking sports team on the call for that one to provide you all. We'll, we'll paint a mental picture for you in our audio-only broadcast. All right, I think we're going to head to a quick break and get to what everyone is here waiting for. The Sandwich Cookie Showdown will commence on the other side of this break. It is the final matchup between the Oreos of Nabisco and the Kaleidos of Kroger. It's a pretty big matchup. You aren't going to want to miss it. Stay tuned, WEGLFM.com. And if you want to see the cookies firsthand, you can watch our YouTube live stream at WEGL 911 on YouTube. Look for that orange and blue eagle logo and check us out. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about two minutes with the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. I'm Jack Hart. Join alongside a whole mess of people here in the studio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside DJP, Mr. Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, Will Root, Aaron. Aaron's in here. And uh, we got Grayson Moyer as well. I'm just giving you a hard time, Aaron. Thank you for making your debut on Compact Discourse. We love that everybody's here in the booth with us. You can uh, see our beautiful faces on the YouTube live stream as well. And we are getting to the Sandwich Cookie Showdown right now. If you want to go on the WEGL Twitter page, you can see a lovely retweet from the Compact Discourse Twitter page. And, all right, I was going to let everybody know your mic's hot now. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, uh, the at AU, you can see the full documentation of what has gone down so far on the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. Eight cookies have entered. Two cookies remain. And it is now the final matchup between Oreos and Kaleidos. But how do we get here? Of course, the top-seeded Oreos defeated in a blowout fashion the Glutinos gluten-free cookies back last week, as well as a thrilling upset as the Chocolate Cream Panda Witches took down the Great Value Twist and Shouts in a shocking upset. Um, we also had the Chocolate Cream Little Dutch Made Cookies get blown out of the water by assorted sandwich cream cookies, also from Walmart. And then you also had the thrilling matchup between the Kaleidos, who have also made it to the final, and the SE Grocers Chocolate Sandwich Creams. They were defeated by the vote of 3-1. to one. And yesterday we had the final four where much debate was had regarding the assorted sandwich cream cookies, which only Chris enjoyed more than Kroger Kaleidos. They were much crunchier. They were much butterier. And you know what? 
if that's your cup of tea, go get some assorted sandwich cream cookies. But I think all of us sandwich cookie purists here enjoy the Kaleidos a great deal more. And then on the western side of the bracket, it was the presumptive heir to the throne, Oreos taking down 5-1 to one, the chocolate cream panda witches. Only Daniel Locke was the deciding vote in that one. He was, was the only uh, objection to that one as Oreos won that matchup 5-1. to one. Chocolate cream, they tasted a little too much like snickerdoodles for me. The, the vanilla was too overwhelming. Um, so does anyone like to have, present any opening statements regarding this matchup between Oreos of Nabisco and Kaleidos of the Kroger brand? I'm liking the, uh, the design on the Kaleidos more than the basic Oreo, though I know Oreo does step up their game significantly for the special uh, Oreo brand. Like, Halloween Oreo is always very fun. The Pokemon Oreos. They had Game of Thrones ones, too, really cool. Come on. They made so. Supreme Oreos. They d- oh, yeah, they yeah, did. They, they did. Supreme Oreos everywhere. They're sold out everywhere. I saw Wait, they're, what, YouTube which one? Pokemon TikTok. Oreos. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know they had those, they're actually. like collector's editions now. That's, That's like, cool. They're sold out everywhere. That's cool. Pokemon yeah, fans are collecting. As far as basic design goes, I like the Collider, though. It is smaller, as JP said uh, during the break. They are, it is, at least mine is a bit smaller. So. I'm enjoying the, uh, the typography on the Kaleido. I'm enjoying the typography on the Kaleido. That's been a, a big – everyone's been enjoying the Kaleido. It's, it's setting them apart from everyone it has else. Little, it has little holes in it, it too. It says, dip em, love em, which is a suspect but enjoyable phrase to have on your cookie. It's creative. What do you mean? That's, that's creative. I, what, do you do with, what do you do with a sandwich cookie? Dip them, love them. You dip them and, and you love them. Have, have you ever done the fork technique, yes. though? Very, okay. very efficient. Yeah, I've I never done – okay, like, what's the hype around that? Well, so it's – you stick – the fork in the Oreo in between the in the cream, and then it's the way you can dunk the entire Oreo without getting milk on your fingers. It's awesome. It's excellent. I still think the ultimate test with all of these is to just eat the cookie like an adult and just put it in your mouth. If it can't, <laughs> if it can't stand up to that, then it's not worth. Buying. I wasn't advocating that the that the fork technique Ooh, needed to be used. Technique. That's not what <laughs> I said. I just I man. just asked if it was a possibility. If Grayson, I'm defending Alex, that means Grayson, you're there's the no wrong need here, to be Grayson. mean today. Wow. Somebody didn't have their cup of coffee this morning. My goodness. Play the, play the sound. <laughs> do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Grayson did not have his cup of coffee, apparently. And as I said yesterday, these will be based on the merit of just the sandwich cookie. You don't peel apart your sandwich and lick off the mayonnaise, so we're not going to peel apart the cookie and lick off the cream. So just eat it like a, eat it like a sandwich, eat it like a cookie, and that's what we're going to base the dent of this on. Would anyone like to do the honors and Is take the first time? We all start with one like first. Yes. Should we all like eat Oreo well, first? Or? We, we need to stagger so we don't get I mean, I, hot, I need my hot chewing noises so into the mic. So okay. so palate after eating this. No. All right, be my guest. Go ahead, cookie eaters. Take take your bite. We're leaving no cookie unturned. <laughs> Wiggle ass. Kaleido. Kaleido first. Yeah. Hey, Davis, can you give me a fan, uh, favor over there? Hand me my bottle of water. Yeah. So I can clear my palate. It needs to be. Everyone seems to be enjoying their cookies so far. Um, are you? Are you Everyone's taking a bite of the Kaleidos first. I'm loving them. Kaleidos indeed. Kaleidos, the up-and-coming surprise cookie out of the bracket. They are the only other cookie to have the royal blue packaging. They blink and you'll miss it. They, You can mistake them from an Oreo very easily, which is kind of what they're going. They're imitating the Oreo taste very well, I believe, is what the consensus has been so far. They've won two matchups so far. We'll see how they fare in this one. Yeah, if you give me that on a blind taste test, I would think it was an Oreo. 
high praise. I from was advocating man. for a blind taste the test. It'd be too complicated. We, we'd, now. we'd need a production director, and that's something that's I not in the budget. I get confused, and I'd end up eating two Oreos or something. They taste the same! They taste the same! Oh, wow. Aaron just... Going on the Oreo now? Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, yeah, Aaron just I, uh, did. Uh, <laughs> I just Hold did. on, Eager Beaver. We're going to have a, a post-game analysis of oh. the uh, of the Kaleido's performance. Yeah. Jack, you can go and invite yours if you want someone to take over while you talk. Thank you. Uh, JP, I see Cleanse Your Palate over there. What were your thoughts on the Kaleido? Is that your first time having a Kaleido? Dude, that thing was phenomenal. Yeah. That was that was really any, any any You want to give us a quick analysis of what you thought overall? Similarities to Oreo? Any dissimilarities? I like what Will said about uh, if you would have put a blindfold on me, I would have thought it was an Oreo. And I said Pepsi Challenge a second ago. That thing definitely, it's valid. I'd say it might be the Coca-Cola. I think it might oh, be the Oreo. You got a valid from JP. I, I don't know. Um, I, the one, like, sort of difference I saw was, like, it felt a bit, like, well, I don't, like, not chewier necessarily, but it broke up more like a crummy type thing versus, like, the Oreo, which seems to say very solid to me. I don't know. That's at least my experience when I've had Oreos in the past. We're about to have one, so I'll do the test yet again. But I liked it. It More chocolatey, I would say. I noticed more chocolate when I was eating it. I'd also say the chocolate was uh, very, very prominent. Yes, Chocolate flavor is very good. And, you know, like people take that for granted. We've had plenty of cookies where the chocolate flavor seemed to kind of be an after afterthought. So That's unfortunate. It's, it's nice to have the chocolate be front and foremost the focus of this cookie. All right. Everyone has had and enjoyed their Kaleido? Yes. Yes. Do, do Will or Grayson want to say anything about it? I'd like to point out that I think the Kaleido has a little bit more cream on there. I would say. I, I, I put them side by side, and the Kaleido is... A little bit taller. Hmm. A little bit. Maybe, maybe by they, a millimeter. Aaron says hers isn't, so maybe they don't have like a... like a mm, No standardization yes, in the yeah. Kaleido. I found, yeah, I found there's, mm. there, it's difficult to even get standard in the Oreos. Oreo, Oreo rarely does either, but like I guess they're kind of more standard than the Kaleido since it's mm. from Kroger. Oreo has to be more standard those? because they make the double stuff. In the back of the Kroger, like. they just... Putting the cream on the, in the Kaleido. Back, in the back of the Oreo factory is where they make the Kaleidos. You know, I, I will agree again that the cream is the highlight of the Kaleido right now. There were a lot of cream criticisms yesterday. People mm. were calling it mm -hmm. people were oh. calling it grainy and weird. But no, I think that is really the standout thing along with how chocolatey the cookie is. There was is. a lot of the, the chocolate was so I prominent am, for me. I am right now still Team Kaleido. This Oreo could change me. You know, this morning might be different than yesterday, but... I, I think it's a very strong competitor. There was a lot of crunch discourse and a lot of cream discourse yesterday, and I think I think we made the right decision. But there there was a there was a great deal of, of trials and tribulations to to determine winners yesterday. I will have to say this is the first thing I've eaten all day. So <laughs> yeah. likewise, likewise, this is my breakfast. So all right, this is, all right. I will now open the floor to opening statements regarding Oreos. If you have any childhood anecdotes or comments about the uh, pattern on the cookie, now would be your time. I will say I, I'm a big Oreo fan myself, but like even the traditional Oreo is like tenth on the list for me because all their specialty ones are so good. The Halloween Oreos, in my opinion, taste better than regular. I will fight anybody on that. It's the reality of the situation. It's the they orange do. dye. Like no. yes, yes, it is. It is. Um, Ew, I hate the mint one. So I like. I feel like that is going to make my opinion a bit. You know. Uh, what is altered just because I'm thinking, okay, well, this is a good Oreo, but it's not the best Oreo. I'll have to find so, Kaleido's yeah. Halloween for Alex. Yeah. Ain't no way they have them, but we'll, we'll look. We'll I was going to say, does Kaleido's have any uh, specialty <laughs> I, I doubt it. They, we don't, don't need they have it. double stuff. They're, they're good oh. enough that they don't they need They at least have double stuff. They have double stuff? Mm-hmm. Cool. I like Oreo's mega stuff. That's how you know. 
I thought it was just the most stuff. I thought it was what I they said. I think there's four degrees of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Y'all ever notice that double stuff only has one F in it? It's because you can't trademark um, a basic term, so you can't trademark stuff. I never realized that. Double stuff. Yeah, we, re- we researched it like a year ago. I was like, all right, guys, wait a minute. What's happening? Hold on. we got to get to the bottom of this double stuff situation. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think it's right about time to take a bite of your cookie. All right. Be my guest. I think I will. I already did, and I like it better, I'll say. I mean... You can have more than one if, if you feel so inclined. If you need that to make the comparison, I will allow the bite of a second cookie. Um, the Oreo, I think it, it's a little bit lighter, maybe maybe less dense. I feel like it would float where the Kaleido would sink, but I'm not going to hold that against it. It's not a buoyancy test. It's a taste test. The cream's definitely sweeter than the Kaleido. I don't necessarily count that in its favor, but it is the thing I noticed first. The ratio from cream to chocolate is a lot heavier in favor of cream on the oreo compared to the kaleido completely agree that is the first thing that hit me was like i was i was expecting the chocolate because i had the kaleido and it wasn't there as much and i think that's the difference maker for me the crunch is different than the kaleido the kaleido is a little bit like a harder crunch and alex was saying how it breaks apart differently differently but I think I kind of uh, I have I prefer the break apart of the Kaleido. I, I agree, actually. Yeah, I, I I was waiting to test. I hadn't had an Oreo in a while. I wanted to see how it crunched differently, which I prefer. But I agree with that. Now, I love Oreos. You know, I'll save my closing statements. I'll let y'all say some stuff first. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I shouldn't have doubted the Oreo, man. I forgot uh, how good these things it's, really it's, are. It's banging. I, Don't I forget it. I love that Kaleido, but this thing it's like not leaving a mess. The other one was too brittle and left okay. a little bit of a mess. Mm. The cream is more dense. And like how Grayson was saying, it was sweeter, so it's really holding all the crumbs together in one place. But that could be a matter of like which one was bought first. Like, did you buy all these cookies on the same day? I did, but I don't think they were all manufactured on the same day. It's also yeah. worth noting these are some of the only ones that actually came both in a sealed package. Kaleidos like, has a lot a- of these have been just sitting open in my office for a week, and these have not. Kaleidos these has the best and the Kaleidos or just the They're Oreos? sealed. The Oreos and the Kaleidos. You reading? Are you reading the literature over there, Aaron? Best Buy date to see. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. All right. Kaleidos are Best Buy February 22nd, 22. And Oreos are January 23rd, 22. Oh. Could be the difference maker. Shelf life edge to Kaleidos. And again, oh, Oreos resealability is very, I don't like it because it'll like, it'll crease up and then there'll be just like little pockets of air going in. Yeah. Resealing Oreos. That's, that's the one it's thing with the Oreos. Is you, if you open it up, battle. you might as well eat the whole thing. Because yeah. you know, there's no point. Right. Like might as well just. Start knocking them back because there's. Oh, I do. Trust I, me. Any anything else? Because I, I I have a big statement here. Which of these two do you think has more knockback ability? It, it, Jack, maybe back me up on this. We may wait for the final vote until the last segment of the yeah, show. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna deliver we're gonna continue our so deliberation over the break. But I think I think everyone needs to get their ideas out there so the right. people at home can can get where we're coming from. So knockback ability is an important factor of True. how many you can eat in a row. True. Do you think you could eat more Kaleidos or more Oreos? Because I feel like I would run out of steam on Oreos pretty fast. We'll, just, we'll do that Kaleidos, next week. Because I can eat I a disagree. whole of Oreos. I feel like I feel like the the very like powerfulness of the chocolate makes it like you know people eat less dark chocolate than they do eat milk chocolate. Just like so, I think it's the same thing yeah. where like the cream and just the sweetness. It's easier just to. That for me, that it's the opposite. Where I would say the sweetness of the Oreo makes it easier to eat more compared to the Kaleido, which yeah. has a more dark chocolate esque. The taste. thing is, when I eat a ton of Oreos, I'm usually eating them with milk, which kind of dulls the flavor a little bit. Mm. So that might affect how many I can eat in Good one point. sitting. The Oreo Sorry, Grace, is a little good. bit is a little bit lighter than the Kaleido, I would say. So I think yes. that I could eat a lot more Oreos. 
I, I mean, there there are times where I've eaten an entire sleeve of Oreos and just looked down and it's just gone. Yeah, I mean, but that that I, I think that's a factor. But like, I mean, you can apply it to a lot of foods. That doesn't make one food better than another. Like, it's probably more difficult to eat a steak compared to like you know a sandwich. Oh, well, but no doubt, it was it was just on topic. So it's a good conversation sandwich? to have. Ah, uh, the Arby's has one. Yes, dude, I could eat a whole box of Oreos after that. I, I have not I'm, eaten an Oreo in so long. I'm definitely was, going to get some Halloween delicious. Oreos like right after school today. Like it's it's happening. I will say there was like just objectively <laughs> cookie wise, Kaleido's more like uh, stereotypical cookie, and Oreo kind of has like a little taste in there that's that's like unique to Oreos to me. It's hard to explain, but like once you kind of taste it, you can recognize it. It's not like metally, but that's the best way I can. It's not. But that's the only way I can really describe it to get across. To I y'all. get where and you're coming. from. I will say one thing: Kaleidos it's break up good, like at, like I've no, I've noticed this like all cookies that are like this or like Oreo like that are off brand Oreo that are not the name brand they break up pretty much the similar way. But like Oreos have a unique just feel when you're chewing them. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's just a meat thing. Good but mouth like, melts in your mouth. It's awesome. That's the, the Oreos are pretty pretty great. All right, much to deliberate still, so stay tuned for the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown when all is revealed in the final hour of this week finale of Compact Discourse. Plenty to get to, including the final verdict on the greatest sandwich cookie chocolate of all time. All that and more in about two minutes on Compact Discourse. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WeGLFM.com, or we hope you're watching on our YouTube live stream. That's WEGL 91.1 on YouTube. Look for that orange and blue eagle logo and check us out there where you can watch and not only listen to, but also watch the thrilling conclusion of the Sandwich Cookie Showdown. Final segment here today, final segment of the week, as we hope you all have a wonderful and dry fall break and we hope you are looking forward to this exciting weekend of Auburn athletics kicking off with tip off at tumors coming right up tomorrow evening so I'll be there I hope to see you there and go out and support the Tigers tonight if you're tomorrow night if you feel so inclined all right it's time to make a verdict call it we're gonna have to call it between Oreos and Kaleidos Mics are coming on now, so save your Try not to jump the gun. colorful comments about these cookies. You have to call it. All right. Welcome. Welcome in to my, my panel of judges here. I've got DJP. I've got station manager Grayson Moyer. I mean, I can. I'll make my thesis and then my supporting arguments. My goodness. They are haunting the studio. Yeah, the, <laughs> the ghost of Aaron Folk is, is going to weigh in as well. We also have music director Will Root and Davis Carroll. A, a esteemed panel of judges to judge the final cookie. You may be noticing there's a only, there's an even number here. What happens if it if it goes three three? Don't we'll worry. Call up Alex. I have a deciding yeah. vote from Alex if it if push comes to shove. Yes. So what direction are we going to go in to start off the vote? I think I think as as Mike too, you're the you're the presumptive first I, first person to vote. It only makes sense. I mean, without a question, I'm going to have to go with the Oreo. That thing was that thing was busting respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been beating this drum since I had one for the first time yesterday. The Kaleido is a better overall cookie. The chocolate to cream ratio, it holds up better. 
It's just a well-rounded cookie. Oreo, Oreo is only good in the context of its variants, and Kaleido stands all on its own. My vote is Kaleido. We have the vote is tied. It's a dead heat. One for Oreo, one for Kaleido. Davis, you have the chance to give the tiebreaker to one cookie for now. So the thing is, uh, I will say that I agree with Grayson that as a cookie, just like thinking of a cookie, I'd say that Kaleido kind of has the more cookie taste, but I think Oreo is just better. Like, or uh, I think I might. Uh, Oreo is one of my favorite cookies. I love it, and the taste that it has is so distinct to me. And I'm not taking it into dunkability. Don't worry, Grayson. But I'll just say that the 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 taste itself is so distinct. I'm going to give it to Oreo, but Kaleido put up a really good fight for me. It was very close. The tally moves to Oreos two, Kaleidos one. Aaron. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Oreo just has a distinct taste that, you know, can't be beat. The Kaleido's too bitter. I don't know. I, I'm more of a milk chocolate person, and I just couldn't eat, I don't think, more than one of these, but I could definitely put away a sleeve of Oreos. And the cream, I know we weren't doing it based off the cream, but Oreo's cream, is it's better. It's, it's I sweeter. think Kaleido's that's, is better. It's a package We deal. tried over the break, and I will say Kaleido's is better to me. See, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, melt. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of it melting so quickly just by itself. All right, take. the tally now sits at 3-1. to one. It's right. been done before, but it's hard to come back from a 3-1 deficit. Will? So, I really badly wanted to see something crazy today, and that <laughs> happened. But I think, as we've all know too well... We're debating all Yeah, yeah we're debating all yeah, yeah. So, as we all know too well, when you're watching, like, an Alabama game... You really want Alabama to lose. So in this case, the Alabama's the Oreo. So I'd like to say, I don't know, the big bad Oreo, they got off to a rough start. I tried the Kaleido. They they got out. They scored a touchdown first. Maybe they went up by two scores. And then I got the Oreo in my hand. And they they came back, and I think they took that this one with uh, with ease, honestly, I'd like to say. Uh, like uh, who was? He said it was too bitter. Aaron, did you say that? Yeah, I said I had my second Kaleido a second ago. It's just a little bit too bitter. The Oreo just has a nice sweet flavor. I'm gonna have to put it with the Oreo. So I guess we'll have to give that one to the Giant. They're gonna have to take it away. And with that, the insurmountable lead has been established as Oreo climbs to four votes. I'm going to, in a futile effort, cast my vote for Kaleidos yes. based, based on texture. Um, I'm not a cookie connoisseur. This this whole challenge is outside of my my purview. It was inspired by a terrible cookie I had, and I wanted to rectify it. And I've, I've I, th- I think I've had eight pretty good cookies over the past course of the past two weeks. I wouldn't be sad if any of these cookies were put in front of me. But I think it comes down to texture between the Oreo and the Kaleido for me. I just enjoy the uh, the, the breakup of the Kaleido, as it were. Um, I might be purchasing them again in the future, although. Twist and Shouts do hold a special place in my heart as the first store store brand Oreo I ever. That's what started consumed. it all. That's I wanted to try the Panda ones. Do we still have those? Yeah, they're in my office. All right. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just eat them all after the show today. Well, I really enjoyed this. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait for like 10 years from now whenever I see some off-brand Oreos. <laughs> You'll never I'm, forget. Oh, dude, I'm going to remember sitting in this room debating this. And you can you can say empirically we tested and Kaleidos are the best one. If someone's like, you know, I think Twist and Shouts or this off this Piggly Wiggly Oreo is the best. You'd be like, you know. You know how you talk it. to your friends. We have evidence <laughs> of quantitative and qualitative. Yeah. You know? I will posit that Alex is a Kaleido supporter as well. Mm, that was, it, so it, down it, to the it, wire. A, a hotly contested 4-3 to three victory. Game 7 was decided 
by Oreos. Buzzer thank beater. You, thank you for that excellent insight, Will. I think you were what pushed Oreos over the top, though. So you know, we need, I, we I, need to get a graphic of Kyrie hitting the three over yeah. Steph Curry. With he's a, shooting, like, he's shooting an Oreo. Oreo. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll get in the lab after the show and, and, and see how we need to pitch this to the media. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that these are both good cookies. It's just about your overall p- flavor preference. Yeah. Like, Aaron, you and Will both mentioned bitterness in the Kaleido. Like, I don't speak for y'all. Me and Jack are black coffee people. I don't know about Alex. Yeah. But maybe it's just that overall preference. If you prefer sweet stuff or more savory stuff, that's how you choose between Kaleido and Oreo. I feel like the Kaleidos would be nice with like a cup of joe. Yeah. I don't drink coffee, but you know. I did. I did have the the remain the remnants of my cookies yesterday with with my morning coffee, and I must say it was a very pleasurable experience. Interesting. Glad Interesting. to hear. So that's the man's version. The children's drinking with milk. <laughs> the man's drinking with coffee. This is a separate thing. My my you know point about that milk is for kids, like that's. That's not relevant. Milk to this. makes your bones strong, Grayson. <laughs> oh, oh, oh you I take hope a vitamin. I, I hope you don't you run it. into a wall. You might break your leg. <clears throat> I just think milk is disgusting in itself. Yeah, I, I'm turning up the reverb for that one. Say it again. Everybody, milk is disgusting. <laughs> it is for babies. Can what I about, say something on what that? about hey, No, no, oh. no animal, no. no animal in the world drinks milk after it is matured. I'd like to put that out there right now. Absolutely correct. I agree. Why do you want to drink something that's meant to no turn other, a calf into an 800-pound bone? Because it makes my bones strong. No other animal <laughs> built the space shuttle, <laughs> Will. propaganda by big milk. It tastes yeah. good. It, it makes me happy. You know what I don't else drink says? It. Other kinds of milk, like almond milk and you know, oat milk. Almond milk. And there's no Say suffering. the thing, Jack. Davis, do you know how they... Don't be on the wrong side of man. Yeah, I grew up around cows, Aaron. <laughs> they have to take the baby away from the mom to get the milk. That's sad. <laughs> Not all milk is like that. They can we get they just milk the cows. Can we get a uh, a Tommy Lee Jones? This this bit is infinitely funnier because Aaron and Will can't hear the reverb that's on the mic. Is this this still on reverb? You sound like you're in a cavern. You sound like you use those. Do you remember those? Do you remember those? those toy microphones you got as a kid? This just in. (laughs) This just in. Davis sports animal cruelty. (laughs) I have the headphones on now and. All right. And on that bombshell, <laughs> I think it's just about a time for us to get out of here today. Before we get thrown out of here today, I'm going to turn everyone's mic off so I can do my outro. Thank you to everybody who joined me on the show today, including right. DJP, Grayson Moyer, Davis Carroll, Aaron Folk, music director Will Root. Thank you for derailing my show. That's why I brought you on here. I knew it was going to happen. I just had to accept it. All right. Thanks to Alex, who also made the trip as well. Thank you for phoning in your answer. It made the it made it pretty exciting. So that is going to do it for today. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. However you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna from WeagleFM.com or by listening to our podcast or watching our exciting video live stream on YouTube. We would like to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast commercial free wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDiscAU for a link to that podcast. If you want information about the show, important updates, or interactions with our fellow DJs, you can get that on the Twitter as well. You are listening to Auburn's only student-run morning show. You can follow us and the station at Weagle at the handle at WEGL underscore AU on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Our dedicated team of marketing professionals, including Aaron, is working tirelessly to provide you high-quality content for fans of the station. And with that, for DJP, Grayson, Will, Aaron, Davis, and Alex, we will talk to you next week, Monday morning, to talk about Auburn's big victory over Georgia on Saturday at 8 a.m. This is Jack Hart signing off, as always. War Eagle and go 1-0, everybody. Stay dry and have a wonderful fall break.
but I'm trying to see a colorful bird. 